feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter, when I caught a glimpse of Rita, filling in the ticket in a little white book. In a cap, she looked much older, and the bag across her shoulder made a look on the Rita Cosby Show, President Biden continues to come out swinging. And the guy who said that he was going to be the unifier in chief, well, he is far from unifying. Today, he was in Charleston, South Carolina, and speaking at the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church. It was the scene of a horrific crime that happened in June 2015 when, by the way, he was vice president, and it was when a 21-year-old white supremacist walked in and opened fire, killing a number of African Americans at that church. It was horrific and despicable. And today, he went in there, of course, again, to use it for political means, And if you look at some of the numbers, he is tanking with African-Americans big time. He was in the 80s to high uh, high 80s, close to 90 percentage with African-Americans. Now some new polls are showing that he's in the 60s. And he said, "Okay, I'm going to have to go to this church. And boy, remember last week he was coming out swinging against President Trump? Well, he took it a step Further today, take a listen to what he said at the African-American church there in South Carolina. Those pushing the big lie have a conspiracy theory among conspiracy theories that outweighs them all. That there's what and, and but here's the fact. There's where we don't have facts. Their whole theory has no facts, has no proof, has no evidence. That's why time and again, they lost in every court of law. That challenge results 60 losses in courts of America. There's one thing they don't have. They don't have respect for the 81 million people who voted the other way. Voted for my candidacy. And voted to end the presidency. In their world, these Americans, including you, don't count. But that's not the real world. That's not democracy. That's not America. In America, we all count. In America, we witness to serve all those who, in fact, participate. And losers are taught to concede when they lose. And he's a loser. And he's a loser. That is what he said of President Trump tonight. And to me, that is shameful for a president who is sitting in the Oval Office. He is still there, of course, in the White House. And he is claiming that he is the guy who is above the fray, who's not going to go to petty politics, who's not going to be doing the name-calling, that, again, he is the man who can bring democracy to America. And if you vote for Trump, you're against democracy. Well, I consider somebody who's trying to kick somebody off the ballot— in many states across this country, that I consider a threat to America. 
someone who is trying to add more Supreme Court justices, that might be considered a threat to American justice. And also saying that you're going to go after everybody tied to January 6th, including the president, President Trump, the former president of the United States, but anybody close to the situation on Capitol Hill that day. That's what I consider sort of a threat to America, this overreach by the Democratic Party. It looks like win at all costs. It doesn't matter what. We'll try to kick them off the ballot. We'll try to do this. We'll try to do that. And if you see some of the new polls, he has a reason to be concerned. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This comes, again, as he upped the ante because earlier last week, he went so far as to saying Trump was the loser. Today, he said Trump is a loser. So he's getting nastier and nastier and nastier. And I think this is going to backfire because this is not who he claimed he is. He said he was going to be the guy above the fray. Uh, all this money from foreign governments and foreign this and that. And then guess that, guess what? This week, his son, there's going to be hearings about his contempt of Congress. There's also going to be the tax charges. Uh, how is he going to say, well, we really need 87,000 new, uh, you know, new IRS agents when his son is facing serious tax issues? How can he say that we have to crack down on those with guns when his son got rid of the gun. Remember, it was thrown in the dumpster and he lied on the form saying he didn't have any drug issues so he could get the gun. So there are a lot of issues going on here. But you can tell that the president is getting desperate and he's very, very worried about his poll numbers. And he should be because they are tanking fast. But here is a little bit of a little bit of a spin. This is what he said last week where he was downright nasty to Trump. And again, today, he took it up a notch. Trump exhausted every legal avenue available to him to overturn the election. Every one. But the legal path just took Trump back to the truth. That I had won the election and he was a loser. Well... Well, knowing how his mind works now, he had one he had one act left, one desperate act available to him. The violence of January the sixth. One act left, January sixth. Everything is going to be January sixth, January sixth. And again, part of the reason that he's in South Carolina. Obviously, that was a state that was pivotal to him last time. There's no question about that. But he obviously is also trying to appeal to African-American voters. He's losing African-American voters, and he can't afford. There are many pollsters who've said if he loses 1% of the African-American vote compared to last time, he would lose the election. If Trump gains 1%, That could make all the difference. And right now, Trump is gaining in African-American voters in a number of polls. He's also gaining in Hispanic voters, and he's also gaining in younger voters. So there is a lot of talk with two people whose last name is Obama, with Michelle Obama and the former President Barack Obama, 
that they have been sort of stepping up things at the White House, in particular the former President Barack Obama, saying that Biden needs to get tougher. There are a lot of reports that President Biden had some conversations recently with his old VP, Joe Biden, and said, listen, you got to up the ante. You got to raise the energy. You got to go more for the fight. You got to do this. You got to do that. We cannot lose this, buddy. So if that doesn't show that uh, Barack Obama is still in the game, I don't know what is. And also, listen to these interesting comments from Michelle Obama, because they kind of hint that she, I don't know, I don't rule out that she might not throw her name in the ring at some point, and that maybe she becomes the Democratic nominee instead of Joe Biden. Listen to this one. People are talking. What keeps me up are the things that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, the war in the region, in too many regions. What is AI going to do for us? The environment, you know, are we moving at all fast enough? What are we doing about education? Mm. Are people going to vote? And why aren't people voting? Are we too stuck to our phones? I mean, those yeah. are the things that yeah. keep me up because you you don't have control over them. Mm-hmm. And you wonder... Where are people, where are we in this? You know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? I am terrified about what could possibly happen because our leaders matter. Who we select, who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit, it affects us in ways that sometimes I think people take for granted. You know, the fact that people think that government, eh, you know, does it really even do anything? And I'm like, oh, my God. Does government do everything for us? And we cannot take this democracy for granted. And sometimes I I worry that we do. Those are the things Mm. that keep me up. That sounded pretty interesting, like someone who clearly has her eye on this race, but we haven't heard her talk for a while about issues. And it's starting a lot of grumblings tonight that maybe she might be the person on the ticket. Maybe they say, hey, let's get rid of Biden and Kamala Harris and replace her with, replace him (laughs) with Michelle Obama, uh, who certainly has high name recognition, certainly is well-liked in the Democratic Party, and certainly would be a force to be reckoned with. I remember I was there on the floor at the Democratic National Convention when she came out, and she spoke before Hillary Clinton, remember, uh, accepted the nomination. And Michelle Obama got a bigger applause than Hillary Clinton, who was the nominee. Uh, She is clearly beloved. African-American women are very pivotal, as we just talked about the African-American vote, how important that is to the Democratic Party. But do you notice it's like they don't do that much to help the African-Americans. And then when it's election time, they kind of come around. Uh, I'm talking about people within the Democratic Party and Democratic leadership. And now Joe Biden is pounding the drums because he can sense that there's a lot of frustration by people like the Obamas and others who are saying, you know what, Uh, maybe this isn't the right person to run in 2024, you think? I mean, the guy is a disaster. And that's why he is going, what's the phrase that Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high? Well, Joe Biden, when they go low, he's going lower. That's what's clearly happening because he is going below the belt right now and really swinging and calling Trump a loser 
saying anybody associated with him is a threat to democracy. We've heard it now two times, less than a week. And he is continuing to swing, swing, swing. And this, to me, seems like the tone that he plans on setting up until Election Day to try to keep his seat. And who knows what else? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave in Comac, line four. Dave, your thoughts about all this? Donald Trump is not getting the black vote. And Mrs. Obama will probably end up being the VP on the Biden ticket. Now, let me ask you, why do you think, first off, uh, why do you think she would settle for VP versus presidency? I think I could see her. I think it, it could go both ways. But I'm telling you right now that no, no African-American person is voting for Donald Trump. That's and not Trump true. Trump took that's... $7.8 million that's from not Florida true. Cities, according to Newsday. That's... Yes, it is. It was on the Newsday on Friday uh, afternoon. All right. Well, let me tell you some of the in other the, facts. The Dave, hold on three. a second, Dave. Dave, you got a lot of words in your mouth. Just listen if you can. Here's the deal. Clearly, if you look at some of the polls, and it's... I don't care what the polls say. The polls well, are wrong. Well, they may not the be. I guess, I guess, I guess you know better than all the pollsters out there. Is that what I'm you're saying? I'm telling you the polls are wrong. Why do you think Donald an African-American... Trump is not getting, Donald Trump why? is not getting the African-American vote. That's not going to happen. Why do you think he's not going to get some because, of the African-American because, vote? Cause Dave, because, Dave, Dave, African-American... I, Dave, hold on one second. I agree with you that he may not get the African-American vote, but I disagree that you seem to think he's not going to barely get any, and I think he will get more than he did last time because there's a lot of African-Americans, uh, African-Americans just like Hispanics, just like Caucasians, people are not monolithic. They want to see what's happening in their own home. And they're seeing that they're paying more for mortgage rates. They're seeing, you know, what's happening with the border. They're worried about crime in their communities. These are things that everybody cares about. And often I'll say, you know, politicians on both sides of the aisle sometimes, you know, say, oh, okay, well, we're going to suddenly appeal to the black voters today. Uh, you got to talk about issues that matter to everybody, no matter your skin color, race, or creed. That's the bottom line. Um, and you can't sit and tell me if somebody said, uh, are you better off today than you were, you know, when Trump was president? I think most African-Americans would go, no. I mean, do you honestly think they're better off? Yes or no, Dave? They are because COVID was caused by Donald Trump as a result of his policies with the Chinese. COVID was caused by Donald Trump. Dave, whatever you are drinking, uh, it's way too strong because for you to say it was caused by the Chinese by the Chinese to kick off Trump. Uh, first of all, you're blaming Trump for that. Second of all, uh, that is one big, uh, big, big uh, thought there. Uh, you're really looping a lot of things in there. So what you're going to blame now COVID on Donald Trump? Uh, really quick, you, you yeah, got to be serious. Tariff policies with the Chinese. Oh, so I guess we're supposed to coddle them and let them take over Taiwan and do everything else in the world and just give them a free pass. Doesn't just, matter. just like, it doesn't just matter. like you Hamas, think right for the just Chinese, like Hamas, just like everything color. else. I, I, if for you, if you think that it was done and that what that that's the reason, so we should bow down to the Chinese, even if your your crazy theory is right. Nobody is saying that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Donald Trump is going to win this go around. The public is fed up with Donald Trump. Because Trump Trump is a con man, according to Bloomberg. 
Trump is a liar. He well, was, if well, if you look, if you look, if, well, let me just six. ask you a question, Dave. Do you honestly think Hunter Biden is the is the virtue, the son of virtue, and do you think all the Burisma money and all that stuff? It's got nothing to do with uh, with Biden. Yes, it does. It's a Biden family. Yes, it did. He rubber stamped it in the sense that he you're telling me he did not know what his son was doing. He said he never met his son's business partners. That's clearly I'll just I'll even give him the benefit of the doubt on other things, which I don't think is true, but I will. And that's not true. So why is he lying, Dave? You know, your guy who is the beacon of virtue uh, is sitting there talking trash like I've never seen. It was the most unpresidential speech I have ever seen. These two speeches are unseemly. For a guy who's claiming he's unifier in chief, that is hogwash. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sandra in New Jersey. Sandra. Good evening, Rita. I was very surprised to hear that man before talk about Donald Trump the way he did, saying all those things that are so not true. Look, first of all, we all know that the the Biden administration is really not for the black people. They're really against the black people. If you think about all the things that they do, it's for immigrants. It's for it's for. Um, oh, I can't talk with that music on. I'm Sandra, sorry because we're going up to a heartbreak. Listen, stick with us. I'll take you after the break, Sandra, because we love you. Um, but you're right. There are a lot of people in African-American communities and other communities very frustrated by what's happening at the border. Rita Cosby is on. Rita Cosby Show presents Back to Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a really powerful story from Akron, Ohio, where a police officer there is being hailed a hero after saving one man's life. Now, the Akron police responded to an initial call of a man in crisis. Once on the scene, officers found that the man in the driver's seat of his vehicle was in the middle of the street, and he tried to de-escalate the situation. Moments later, that man put the car in reverse and drove away from officers before he exited his vehicle and then suddenly began running towards the interstate. A second responding officer, Kyle Cunningham, exited his cruiser while the man was climbing over the rail of the bridge uh, that was right on top of the interstate highway. Well, Officer Cunningham jumped into action by running over and grabbing the man just as he was letting go of the railing. Akron police reported that somehow the officer managed to hold on to the 24-year-old man until additional officers arrived and assisted in pulling him to safety. Even as the hanging man tried to wriggle out of his coat, 
Uh, well, the officer would not give up on him. That's incredible. Officer Cunningham said, whatever it took, I was not going to let go. It was the distressed man's panicked parents who actually alerted 911. Uh, the mother is heard saying to a 911 dispatcher on the call, my son is claiming he is going to jump off a bridge. What a scary situation. Well, the chief of police there in Akron, Ohio, said, quote, it's the heroic actions of Officer Cunningham that this family isn't dealing with a tremendous tragedy right now. I'm so proud of what he did and the other officers on that bridge. Hero is an understatement. He put himself at incredible risk for a complete stranger. What a powerful story and bravo to this great officer, no matter what, he was not going to let go and he saved this man's life. Well, tonight uh, we have an interesting twist And the Georgia case, who could forget Georgia DA Fannie Willis? This is the woman, remember, who's at the spearhead of that RICO case, uh, the case involving President Trump and many co-defendants there in Georgia. This is when she announced those charges. Specifically, the indictment brings felony charges against Donald John Trump, Rudolph William Louis Giuliani, John Charles Eastman, Mark Randall Meadows, John Cheeseboro, Jeffrey Clark, Jenna Lynn Ellis, Ray Stallings Smith III, Robert David Cheeley, Michael A. Roman, David James Schaefer, Sean Micah Tresher Steele, Stephen Cliffgard Lee, Harrison William Prescott Floyd, Travion C. Cootie, Sydney Catherine Powell, Kathleen Austin Latham, Scott Graham Hall, and Misty Hampton, also known as Emily Misty Hayes. And the list went on and on and on. Remember how, like, happy she was to be doing that press conference and to be involved in this case to go up against Trump? She campaigned on it, remember? Well, there is a new twist tonight. Get this, guys. Uh, If it doesn't get crazier and crazier, she has now been accused in a bombshell court filing uh, made by a former Trump 2020 campaign official, Michael Roman. He argues that Fannie Willis should be disqualified from the case and the charges against him dropped because Fannie Willis, the district attorney there in Fulton County, he says, had an improper and clandestine relationship with the married special prosecutor down there who assisted in securing the Georgia grand jury indictment against President Trump and the co-defendants. And it gets uglier. He says that this guy, this married prosecutor who's been sort of spearheading this case, uh, was picked by the DA and made uh, nearly almost 650000 was paid in legal fees that he's been compensated for by Fulton County. And that also, he's also gone on all these trips with her. He's taken all these lavish trips with Fannie Willis uh, to Napa Valley, Florida, the Caribbean. 
And this now Michael Roman, one of the co-defendants, says, how is that appropriate if she is having a romantic relationship with this married guy, picks him? Apparently, he didn't have a lot of experience in court cases of this kind, but she picked him and he's delivering, it sounds like, in more ways than one. And in this particular case, um, it sounds like they are saying that the legal fees that are being paid for by taxpayers, that he's getting paid a lot of money, and also some of the money or separate money is going towards vacations that he has spent with her. So using taxpayer funds with a guy who's married and saying this should totally disqualify her and him from this case. This is getting interesting, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. I do believe, by the way, if it turns out that she is having some relationship with this prosecutor, that's, again, just the allegation from this guy. But if it's true and that taxpayer money was going towards this and this guy who was not really qualified gets picked, uh, that does look awfully fishy and certainly could be grounds uh, for some sort of dismissal. Uh, not that she'll want to do it eagerly, but it certainly raises the specter of this case. And boy, does it go to conflict of interest. It goes to, obviously, intent. Uh, it goes to use of taxpayer funds, if any of these taxpayer money, because he was getting paid so much money, was going towards some of these lavish trips and other things. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. 1-800-848-9222. Fulton County Fanny uh, may have been having a flingaroo. It may still be going on, uh, according to this. Uh, let's go back to Sandra. Sandra, uh, before we go back to Donald Trump and the black vote, what's your reaction about uh, Fulton County Fanny? Oh, time is a wonderful thing, Rita, because with time we find out all these juicy things. I bet it's true, and I hope it's true, and you're gonna. I think it's going to be true. That's what I want to say on that, and I'm happy about that. By the way, so, I'm not surprised, because remember it was like she was throwing the book at everybody, and she was on a what? mission. But it, but right. I, actually, I actually, if it is true, Sandra, it certainly should be grounds uh, to disqualify them in conflict of interest. They should be nowhere near this prosecution. And if that is indeed the case, uh, because he's apparently the one who wrangled the grand jury. And remember, remember all, there was all that fishy stuff with the grand jury, too. Because remember when it came back, the grand jury at first uh, wasn't ready yet. And then they were going to put another witness. And then they rushed through the indictment. And no wonder if the pro- if the guy who was working there was like, uh, don't worry, sweetie, I'll cook dinner when I get home. Uh, that kind of changes the whole thing. I mean, it sure looks like the fix was in, Sandra. Oh, I hope so, Rita. Like I said, time is a good thing. Things happen for the best. But as far as um, Donald Trump goes, he already has 20% of the black vote. We're shooting for 30. Mark Fisher a Black Lives Matter leader in Rhode Island already endorsed Donald Trump. And there's another rapper, I forgot his name, he has a really funny name. He once hated Donald Trump, and now he's also going for Donald Trump. And if you look in the past with Biden, when he was really young, one of his best friends was Robert Byrd. He was the one who set up that chapter for the Ku Klux Klan. He recruited 150 people for that chapter. And since then, he had six other segregationalist friends, George Wallace, 
um, Thermoy, Jesse Helms, so and and others. And I always say, birds of a feather flock together. Well, so and and also he talked about sort of the you know the jungle. I mean, he made some of the statements. If you go back and you look at some of the comments that oh. Biden made, you know, in the early years for him. Uh, boy, were they like explosive. And also, I think he spoke at Robert Byrd's funeral, if I remember correctly. You're probably right. You probably did. But I want to say one more thing. I think about all the energy they spend on the immigrations, like I said before, and also the trans people. And then lately, all the money in California that they want to put towards the surgeries for the young kids. What are they doing for the black people? I, I think they're realizing it, too. They're doing nothing. And I know that uh, Donald Trump, I remember when he was president, the um, the numbers went from 5.4 to 7.5 in terms of uh, unemployment. He did a lot there. And, and there are people wearing the T-shirts now, uh, black for the, you know, Trump, is, what's the T-shirt that they're wearing? A Black Lives Trump T-shirt, like, um... Look, they want Trump, and that man is—he has to—he has to just read a little more and delve a little more. I'm not angry at him for thinking the way he does, and and, and I I'm I'm worried that maybe what's the name Michelle Obama might run because that'll fool a lot of people. I, I'm concerned about that, Rita. What do you think? I by the way, I actually I agree with you that she definitely. Um, First of all, I think she's formidable. Uh, whoever goes up against her, likely, obviously, Trump. I think it makes it a much harder race for Trump just because she is very much beloved in the Democratic side. And people are enthusiastic about her on the Democratic side. That's the one thing. You look at Biden right now. Uh, the enthusiasm gap is like, uh, I mean, he's got like a it's like a 5% enthusiasm. If people said, no, you're going to vote for Biden. I haven't heard a single friend of mine, and I have friends on all political spectrums, Sandra, and I haven't had a single Democratic friend of mine go, God, I can't wait to go out and vote for Biden, you know? But I do see them saying that about Michelle Obama. I think she's a force to be reckoned with. And I told you I was, you know, I've seen her a number of times, but I saw her especially at that moment when Hillary Clinton was supposed to be the star. And Hillary Clinton uh, very much took a back seat that night to Michelle Obama because she was riveting um, African-American women. That's a huge percentage of the vote to get out and vote for the Democratic Party. And also, if they're going to replace Kamala Harris, here's my prediction, too. Because if they're going to replace her, you know she's going to say, oh, well, you know, uh, it's racist that I'm being removed or something. And if you replace her with the most popular, you know, African-American woman in the country, uh, other than Oprah, you know, you could say Oprah and Michelle maybe give, uh, you know, both in that category. But, you know, one or one or one of those two superstars, you kind of quell some of the criticism uh, that you can imagine that Kamala Harris will have because she'll say, hey, it's my turn, even though her ratings are even lower than Biden, if that's possible. So I do agree with you. She's a force to be reckoned with. And I am not 100 percent sure. And I talked to friends in the Democratic Party, some pretty senior folks. They're not 100 percent sure Biden is going to be on the ticket uh, come November. There's a lot that can happen. I mean, they could go through the process. It could go through the convention. And then right after the convention or at the convention, there could be a little switcheroo. So who knows where this is going? That's for sure. Uh, let's go to Robert in Suffolk. Robert, your thoughts. Hi. Hi, Robert. Biden what do you think? Na- Biden is a nasty, racist, evil man. 
How do you really feel? <laughs> what? But now, why? First of all, I will say he certainly has come across as nasty. In the last, you know, between Friday's speech and today's speech, they go down, I think, as some of the nastiest I've seen a sitting president in American history. And I also think for a guy who tries to pretend like he's the unifier and above the fray, it, it is such a, I, we used the expression the other day, an Orwellian speech, because on one hand, he's saying, oh, you know, I, I will not be beneath, you know, I will not, uh, you know, talk down to you. I will not scold others. I will not do that. That's not how I roll. And then the next breath, he says the most diminishing things. And that's why I think it's a huge problem for him. Uh, I think he's got some big, big issues. Let's go to Robert in Philly. Robert, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. It's really good to talk to you. You too. Um, you I, too. I, I really enjoyed Dave's call because um, you could hear the voice go up as soon as Trump's name comes out. It's really a telltale. <laughs> but I think, it's like I Stan. Think, Trump, yeah. no, no, no. Nah, well, you know? <laughs> at, at least he didn't try to claim Trump was guilty of what he's being prosecuted of what he's being persecuted for. I'm sorry. Um, but I think I think he's going to do about a third of the African-American vote. I think he's going to get about two-thirds of the Asian vote, and I think he's going to split the Latino vote. I think he's going to do very well with minorities this time around, and that's a good thing. He's not going to win them all big time, but progress will be made. But I was calling because if the Democrats want to have any chance at winning this election, any chance, because Trump's going to be the man, and he's they're not, this ticket isn't even going to beat them, but they would have Newsom, Obama. Obama's not ready for president yet, and even Democrats know it, but they're figuring that if their dream guy with the great hair, Gavin Newsom, gets in for eight years with a Michelle as his vice president, they're looking at a possible 16-year run in their demented little minds. But that's my prediction. They're going to go. Joe is not going to be the president. Joe Biden is going to keep leading him right over to Verhoeven. Now, by the way, by the way, Robert, I just saw a report, too, that Bill Clinton has been hanging out in uh, Mexico. As we know, we've heard some, you know, that he's been on sort of vacation down there and uh, that uh, Newsom is there, too. Isn't that interesting that he's been palling around with Newsom at a luxury Mexican resort, according to The New York Post? So that, right that's, now, that's interesting. That's the closest thing to a dream ticket that the Democrats are going to come up with. And even that is a loser ticket from hell. But I'm just giving you my opinion. But I hope you have a great night and I love your show and you take it easy. All right, Rita. Thank you, Robert. And I agree with you in terms of I do think Trump will get more of the minority vote uh, than he did last time. I think for sure. I, I mean, you look at there's just such frustration about many issues in the country that affect all of us. Uh, again, it doesn't matter what your race, color, creed is. Uh, you feel the issues with the migrants. You feel the issues with the border. You feel the issues with the economy. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. We'll continue after the break. It's The Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Eight 
And coming up in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, we will talk about these anti-Israeli protests that are now blocking entrances to the bridges and the tunnel to New York. What a mess. Also, we have Governor Abbott, who's responding to Mayor Eric Adams, saying that he should be suing Biden, not going after the charter bus companies. I agree with him on that. And also, what happened with Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin? He went MIA. He was hiding, so they thought, uh, didn't know that he was even secretly in the hospital. And he continues to be there now. And apparently, nobody knew uh, for days upon days. What if uh, there was some major, major international crisis, which there certainly is, but especially where he would have to maybe deal with the nuclear codes or deal with some sort of strike with everything going on with Russia and Hamas and Iran and all these things going on in the world? Uh, How derelict of his duty were these actions that doesn't seem like he informed anybody And now he's blaming a chief of staff, saying the chief of staff had the flu. And uh, earlier today on Katz and Cosby, John Katz and Matides and I were uh, talking about this. And John had a great line. He's like, "Uh, I make phone calls when I have the flu. I can still let people know, you know. So, I mean, this is what a bogus excuse that the defense secretary is giving, saying that, well, I told my chief of staff and nothing to worry about. He totally broke chain of command. He is in a very important position. It's a horrible time in the world right now with all these crises. And he goes, MIA, and the president didn't know. Anybody else at the White House didn't know. The deputy didn't know. They just thought he was just popping into the hospital for something small. And somehow they just left the president out in the dark. What does that say about our national security and what the world thinks of us, too, because, boy, we look like the laughing stock with things like that. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alex. I know you want to talk about Michelle Obama. Go ahead, Alex. Yep, and uh, thanks for taking the call. And by the way, Austin is not the only person of this administration to go missing. you got Kamala Harris's MIA on so many, so many times you hardly see her, and you almost never see Joe Biden appearing anywhere. Um, but about Michelle Obama, I, I think that, there's a there's no chance really that she's going to run because if she would have wanted to be in this race she would be in there already and obama is the handler of joe biden he would put her in she would be running against joe biden now but i do think it's it's going to be gavin newsom and there's not going to be a problem of racism because they're just going to let gavin newsom run kamala harris ah that's interesting see i think michelle might replace joe 